Welcome to another Know My Faith Monday podcast. My guest this time is uh, Bryce Turner from uh, Christians for Israel, C4I. That's us. That's the modern acronym because everybody does those things nowadays. Wow, it's a lot easier to spell when you're in a hurry. Anyway. <laughs> it is. Right, so <laughs> tell us about Christians for Israel. What, what's, what's the brief? Well, Christians for Israel was founded uh, in Holland um, just over 40 years ago. Um, by a, a family who were uh, very passionate um, about what was taking place in Israel and uh, and with the Jewish people. Uh, so our brief, uh, which is a little bit different to some of the other organisations, I guess, but obviously overlaps, is, is to inform, uh, to inspire, and then biblically to comfort the Jews. So the informing and the inspiring part is, is most of the work, uh, mainly at the church. In, I was going to say informing Jews or informing Christians? Informing Christians. Our, our ministry, our work uh, is actually aimed mainly at the church uh, and at the, the wider population throughout New Zealand. Um, our, our work in terms of comforting the Jews is where we get a chance to support uh, the Jewish community both here, uh, the diaspora around the world, and of course Alia is a, is a big focus for us. Okay, and Alia, this is the Jews coming home. That's right. Alia, um, I believe, is is how we translate this idea of, of going up, yeah. um, which is is the idea that uh, many Jews increasingly are um, are returning to the Holy Land, which is pretty exciting. So this is, in in some ways, um, if I use Bridges for Peace as a similar thing, Bridges for mm-hmm. Peace are non-evangelistic towards the Jewish people. That's right. It's, it's so Christians for Israel, C4I, is similar? It is. It's similar. And it's something that, um, that to be honest, I, I struggled with a little bit in this role. Um, uh, let's be honest, we, we would love it if, if we were out there um, lining up our, our Jewish friends and, uh, <laughs> and bringing them to Christ. And, and if everybody believed exactly the same as I did, well, that would make life a whole lot easier. Um, but that's not what God's called us to do. That's not our, our mandate. Um, and most importantly, the relationships that we do have with the Jewish community, um, uh, right through to the Israeli government for some of the projects that our teams are involved with, um, rely on us having um, uh, that integrity, I guess, that we're not simply out there to sign people up and, and convert people. Uh, that said, Obviously, as Christians, um, we look forward to the day when our Jewish brothers and sisters uh, do come and, and, uh, to the Messiah. And discover, yeah. Mm. But it, it's in the in the back of our minds, back of our spirits, I suppose, as Christians, we want to see Jewish people discover their Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I pull you up on the C word, but but we use it all the time. They don't convert, do they? They they they, no. they just no. They they just come to know their Messiah. And, and, uh, but the problem is, through, through 2,000 years of Christianity, mm-hmm. so many, and I was talking to somebody earlier today about Martin Luther. Martin Luther was happy to mm-hmm. have Jewish people as long as they converted to Christianity. Um, mm. So in, in the back of our spirit, obviously that's our heart's desire, but we all play a different part mm. in the body. That's right. And, and the part that you're called to play is not a go and preach the gospel. I, uh, I've come to understand, I guess, uh, certainly at this particular part of, of the work that I'm involved in, um, that when we look back historically, Martin Luther as a classic example was, was famously, or perhaps infamously, uh, anti-Jewish. Uh, many of his writings, many of the things that he said and did um, 
I don't agree with. Yeah. Still a brilliant man, uh, did some wonderful things. Uh, we, we don't deny that. But uh, we have to accept that there were some things there that weren't right. One of our roles is to address similar feelings through the church, uh, through Christians throughout New Zealand and throughout the world. Uh, replacement theology is a major problem yeah. uh, with, I guess you would say, some, uh, an arrogance where we have carefully adjusted our theology over time to effectively push the Jews out and, and make, make the whole thing, the whole journey about us. And that's not right. right. And, and from that has come, uh, or certainly that has reinforced, um, a lot of anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish feeling from Christians who really should know better. I th no, yes, we should, but I think we are very, very ignorant as Christians of the history that Christianity has with mm. the Jewish world. It's in the back of our mind. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I remember one of the books I narrated for Ariel Ministries mm -hmm. is called uh, Israel Betrayed, yes. written by Dr. Andrew Jackson, if I remember correctly. And he goes through 2,000 years of the church deliberately betraying the Jewish people. Yes. And it's you just, your eyes open and you go, seriously, we did that? Now, while as the church, and it's very much, I mean, you and I born and bred in New Zealand, how much New Zealand history did you get in school? I Not was, much, was, I was actually fortunate to have had a bit more than most, okay. but, but it really was being blessed by teachers who went out of their way to share uh, right. it. So it wasn't uh, curriculum wise. Curriculum-wise, we got Abel Tasman, we got Captain Cook, we got Treaty of Waitangi. A little bit. That, that was it. Mm -hmm. So, and and what people like Robert Considine uh, have shown is that that our history was deliberately hidden from us because of mm -hmm. what the government did. So, what the church has done to to the Jewish people mm -hmm. has been deliberately hidden from us as Christians, so that we're unaware of it. Mm -hmm. But the Jews are fully aware of it. Exactly, and that's where uh, back to the role of Christians for Israel. Whilst we are, are flat out. Uh, trying to inform and, and to inspire uh, the church, to uh, our Christian brothers and sisters, to learn some of this history and to have a, a correct uh, biblical understanding of the place that the Jews have and still must have. Yeah. Uh, and, and how special they are in God's plans uh, that are still yet to come. Um, part of informing and, and educating people is also, uh, I guess, helping rebuild a lot of damaged relationships. And therefore, when we're working with the Jewish community, whom we, we love dearly, um, both in Israel and the diaspora and here in New Zealand, um, there's a lot of work to be done just to reassure them that we're no longer out to kill them. Yeah. Because sadly, much to our shame, um, that has too often been the case over yes. the last 2,000 yeah. years. Yeah. We've got to fix that first. And so that is the part of the work that we've been called to do uh, at the moment. Uh, if anybody's read um, Fox's Book of Martyrs, mm -hmm. the, the, what was done to real Christians by the church the, or the establishment, mm. Catholic and Protestant, we've got to say. Yes. Um, what's mm. missing from there is what the church, Catholic and Protestant, have done to the Jewish people, which would make another book, Fox's Book of Martyrs Yes. Even bigger. Glaringly um, absent. You and yeah. I were a part of uh, a meeting just recently uh, organised of, uh, I'm not sure how to mention, is Israeli-focused or Israeli-blessing ministries 
Mm, mm. Um, at which the new Israeli ambassador was there, the rabbi mm. of the Auckland Hebrew congregation was there. And, and, and part of that is to, if I've got it right, because I was the new boy, you know, I was, I was sitting there listening, um, is just to show the Jewish people that, that we are there, we are Christians mm. for Israel without the Bible bashing. It's it's become loosely known as the Israel Supporters Group. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a formal group. It's not a formal structure. Uh, we've all got far too much administration to do in our own in our own jobs to to create another one. Uh, it's something that was begun by my predecessor, uh, the Reverend Honourable Graham Lee, and a, a small handful of people. Um, but when I came into this position in two thousand seventeen. Uh, we, the board and I, recognised that this was still a very important mm. uh, uh, a project and, and something that there was a lot of room to develop. And so we've worked hard to try and grow it. We now have uh, groups from all up and down the countryside and, and many are able to make it. Some fly in from around the countryside. Yep. Uh, but of course, part of that has been to also grow the relationship with our Jewish brothers and sisters living here in New Zealand. Yeah, I love the fact that, I mean, I think it was the rabbi's wife who said that mm. she felt so comfortable mm. coming along to that meeting. Mm. And that, that's what we're about. And, and I guess it comes back to that mandate that Christians for Israel has, um, but even wider. Uh, represented amongst the groups there, there were um, uh, groups who are working very much in humanitarian, uh, there are some groups who are very much evangelistic and looking to share the gospel with, with the Jews. Uh, there are some focused on Aliyah. There are some focused on, on matters of justice and, and law. Uh, there's a huge uh, spectrum. But we all agree um, that one of the most important roles that we can have together um, is to support the Jewish community, especially when, again, much to our shame, uh, from time to time there are things being done in our own country and by our own country. Yeah, it was that interesting really that, that resolution came up again, and that's uh, a few years old now, but mm. yeah, most New Zealanders will have forgotten completely about the... It was 132 or whatever the number uh, four, was. 4332. 4332. Yes, um, another great black mark in which uh, the history of our country. Most Kiwis will have forgotten about that completely, mm. but the Jewish Kiwis haven't. No. No. And, and again, this is part of the informing, part of the inspiring is... New Zealanders need to realise how much damage that did. Uh, they need to realise that uh, politically, um, in the international spectrum, New Zealand is not looking very supportive of Israel and of the Jewish people uh, at large. Yeah. And we need to fix that as a group of Christians and, and supporters of Israel and, and the Jewish people in New Zealand. We've got a lot of work to do. And, and from time to time, uh, hence, gatherings like the Israel Supporters Group to to encourage uh, projects and working together where there's actually quite a lot of us. Yeah. Uh, many, many tens of thousands represented by the various different groups. There are occasions where we need to stand up and, and, and speak and uh, from time to time speak out against our own government. And not just our own government, but in, at times our own people. Um, in one of our upcoming podcasts where I'm talking with Perry Trotter, mm -hmm. Uh, who runs evangelicalzionism.org, I think, or .com. And when it happens, it'll be in the, in the notes. But um, what he talks about is um, evangelical anti-Zionism. That's right. Which is just a continuation of this Israel betrayed um, that, that's 
I think what happens is a lot of people think if you are pro-Israel, you're anti-Palestinian. We run into that all the time, and it is not helpful. No, and it's not true. It's not true. Uh, the Palestinian situation is is very complicated. Um, it's very sad, and it's very real. Uh, but I think one of the things we need to be very open about is that absolutely unequivocally we support Israel's right to exist. Absolutely we support the Jewish people, and we recognise the fact that they're getting a hard time. Uh, there is huge uh, anti-Jewish and anti-Israeli feeling all around the world. Uh, but at the same time, there's a group of people, um, the Palestinians, who are, are stuck. Mm. Uh, they're being used to some degree as political pawns. Uh, they're living in an environment and in a, in a, in a way that is, is not pleasant. And we can't ignore that. The difference is uh, whether we simply say, well, that's Israel's fault, Israel caused it, Israel has to fix it. Yeah. Clearly, I don't believe that. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't change the fact that these are human beings who are having a hard time, and we have a responsibility to them. Our organisation, obviously, is is clearly focused on Israel and, and on the Jewish people, but we also support uh, several projects throughout the areas controlled by the Palestinian Authority. So, so I mean, w with different ministries, um, if you use Tear Fund and World Vision just as examples, one of the things World Vision say, which is similar to Christians for Israel, is when they go into it. So, I mean, they're a Christian organization. They want to spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. But if they go into a, 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 an Islamic country, mm -hmm. which World Vision are allowed to get into, mm -hmm. or into communist countries, where the governments go, we don't want you to talk about Jesus, World Vision will go, okay, let us come in and feed your children and, and help you and do these things. Mm. Tear Fund on the, or Compassion, on the other hand, go, no, that's a non-negotiable with us. So Tear Fund don't get into some of the countries that World Vision get into. Mm -hmm. But we're all part of the body. We're all, all, you know, there, are, there are Christian organisations whose main focus are the Palestinian people. Yes. You're not one of them. You're one whose no. main focus is Israel. That's correct. Unashamedly. Yeah. Yeah, which, which, again, doesn't say we're anti-Palestine. No, definitely not. And uh, you know, it's been my privilege to, to have visited Israel on four occasions. Uh, I'm not sure if we can count the fourth one as soon as uh, <laughs> COVID had just hit and we you, weren't allowed you, off you, the airplane. You didn't but, visit uh, Israel. You visited Ben Gurion's landing Well, strip. we ate uh, Israeli-made food uh, <laughs> sitting on the tarmac in Tel Aviv. But... Uh, but the previous. So you stayed in the place. You went like all the way back to is it Hong Kong or Singapore? A Korea for Korea. South Korea. So it's, which is uh, ten hours? Uh, about twelve or thirteen 12, hours. So you went from from Korea from Seoul to Ben Gurion, and back, back to again. Seoul. So twenty changed aircraft. Twenty and almost twenty four hours on the plane. Three back to back flights. Oh, it was uh, it was quite something. And and uh, just as an aside, I'm I'm glad that I was travelling with a bunch of New Zealanders. There were yep. twenty five, twenty six of us. Uh, on a whole plane load of people from all over the world, and uh, New Zealanders do stand out. Oh, we do, don't we? We're a pretty relaxed, laid-back sort of people, even when uh, even when there's <laughs> a major like crisis going on. Um, one of the one of the the accusations thrown against pro-Israel groups and ministries is that that we uh, believe Israel can do no wrong. We hear that a lot. The fact is that Israel is a democratic and sovereign nation. Uh, and insofar as I'm a fiercely proud New Zealander, uh, I have been here, or my family have, for quite a number of generations now, and, and I back my country to the hilt, especially when we're playing Australia. Yep. But the fact is it's not perfect. 
And any organization, whether it's a, a country, it's a, a democracy, it's a church, as soon as you have a group of people from different backgrounds with, with slightly different interpretations, different life experiences, they're not always going to get it right all the time. And uh, the fact is, Israel doesn't always get it right. They make some decisions from time to time that I don't think are the best. But it's their right to make them. Mm. And that's more the issue that, that we're supporting. As a sovereign nation, as a democratic nation, uh, as a nation that uh, should be free to determine its own political course, now, they're going to make mistakes. And this is from a, a political point of view, not just from a spiritual point of view. That's right. So I know um, Pastor Nigel Woodley from Flaxmere Christian Fellowship. So Nigel, when he um, does his uh, supporting of Israel, mm-hmm. which you may have seen some of his, his full-page advertisements in the, in the New Zealand Herald and in the Dominion Post, mm-hmm. he's doing it from a Christian perspective. Yes. The Bible says this, this, and this is about the Jewish people and the land. However, they have a internationally legally mandated right mm-hmm. to be in the land. The United Nations said, that's the land of Israel. So Ben Gurion stood up, said, boom, here we are, we're a nation. So it's it, 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 while we support them as the Jewish people back in their traditional homeland, Mm-hmm. As Christians, even without that, they have a right to be there. Absolutely, they do. And what's important to note, and, and I'm sure it's come up with other guests, is that um, the the uh, determination to re-establish the Jewish homeland vastly preceded the United Nations. Mm. Uh, that goes all the way back to the Balfour Declaration uh, in, in the the vacuum, the political vacuum that was created after World War One. Yeah, with the, the Ottoman conclusion Empire. of the Ottoman Empire, yeah, yeah. everything had come apart at the seams. And yeah. uh, what was the League of Nations at the time sat down and, and came up with a plan. Um, the the mandates of the League of Nations were all um, unequivocally accepted and transferred to the United Nations post Second World War. Uh, but I think some people are of the, the misunderstanding that the United Nations created Israel, uh, whereas, in fact, the nation of Israel has been there in various forms for an awful long time, yes. thousands of years. Uh, and even the modern state of Israel, the, the precursors to it, the foundations for it, were established right back in, uh, in the First World War, uh, at which New Zealanders played a, a significant part. A major part, part yes, and, and we celebrated that just a few years ago. Mm. Um, Like me, you travel around the country, speak in different churches and different groups. So twofold question, number one, how hard is it to to actually find churches that are willing to listen to your message? And and secondly, um, I feel like Parkinson now with questions like that. um, The reaction once they've heard the message that you give them the, the, you know, how often do you see the eyes opening and go, oh, I'm so glad we actually asked you to come along because we had no idea? That's a good, so first, first part a of good the, couple of questions. Yeah. So okay. how, how hard is it to find a church or a group that will go, yes, we want to listen to you? It is very difficult. Uh, one of the things that we're very fortunate uh, with is that people talk. And so often if you can go into a church or into a, a group, a special interest group, whatever it happens to be in the, in the Christian community, and, and give it everything you've got, do as the best job you possibly can, uh, often from that people will connect you with somewhere else. Yep. 
And uh, to be honest, that's where most of our connections come from. To to uh, to ask a pastor to hand over his pulpit on a Sunday morning, uh, having been a pastor, yep. I, I, I understand that there is a, a mantle of responsibility and, and there is some caution. Uh, I understand that the topic of Israel, be it politically uh, modern Israel, historical Israel, or of course the biblical focus, which is what we should be starting with, um, is contentious in, in some circles. Um, but uh, at the same time, there are some brave uh, pastors, yeah. some brave church leaders, and so uh, when an invitation is extended, we will quite happily travel the country if necessary um, to go and present this message. Yeah, it's people get mm. um, people get scared that you know that when you turn up because I, I find this as well. You know, they, they go, you're going to turn up with a Bible and a prayer shawl and a circumcision knife. Yeah, and it's like, no, that's the furthest. Yeah, the Bible, yes. <laughs> but doesn't that just highlight how important it is? The, the ignorance, yes. It highlights the ignorance that's out there Absolutely. and how important it is. So the second part of the question is once you've given your talk and the reaction from people, that get, that it's like, I had no idea. We're very fortunate in that, uh, hopefully, if we do the job well, yeah. um, mostly the response is exactly that. People come up and say, I, I just had no idea. And uh, the fact is that if you read the Bible, um, I know there's people that spend their entire lives trying to reinterpret and adjust it and, and uh, twist things in order to suit um, uh, the convenient narrative. And this is not the only issue in which Christians do that, of course. But the fact is for most people, if you open the Bible and read it for yourself, God will reveal in there uh, that this is what he's doing. This is yep. the place of the nation of Israel and of the Jews. And most importantly, that there's still a lot of stuff to come. That his plans uh, for the end of, end of times, uh, which directly affect us, uh, and, and I'm just a Gentile. Um, it's exciting to see that those plans, which directly affect me and my eternity, um, still involve the nation of Israel and, and the Jews. And of course, we can see these things coming to fruition right now. Yeah. There's always in a group of Christians, uh, those one or two people that you, you make a few comments and you do your message and then you duck for cover to see what's going to be thrown. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm afraid I've come to just appreciate that, um, you know, if there's one or two folk that are especially challenged by the message, um, bless them. Yes. Uh, I'm more than happy to sit down over a cup of coffee and discuss it and, and bring about the very best of, of my knowledge and experience such that it is so far and it's still growing every day. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one of the, the other things that we're missing in our society, I think, and it's a topic for another whole discussion, but it's also reflected amongst Christianity and amongst the church, is we've lost the ability to sit down and discuss uh, a point, a perspective, uh, and even if we disagree, still part on respectful you know, terms. It's, it's amazing you say that. A friend of mine, uh, Kubis Van Royen, who's a South African pastor, a retired pastor now, but he, he came to pastor the Baptist church in town. And he, like after about a month, he comes to see me. He's not quite in tears, but he's, he's going, Rob, what is going on? Hmm. He says, if I preach something in South Africa, if I preach something and somebody doesn't like what I preach, they will come and see me after the service and say, Pastor, I will be in your office at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. He says, if I do that in New Zealand, I just never see the person again. That's right. They just leave. You're right. We've lost the ability to sit down. Mm. I'm sure if you and I sat down over enough coffees, 
we'd find something that we could disagree on. Oh, guarantee it. You know, we'd make something. Yeah, but but <laughs> the, the the maturity is to still, you know, it's you go. That's that's not a salvation issue. It's but not to me. And this is the thing. And again, and, and I, I, I'm sure the, the listeners and viewers will get sick of me saying it, but the problem that I see with the modern church is that we're, because we've been taught that Christianity involves me believing in Jesus, and that's it, I don't need to do anything, mm-hmm. right? I can simply sit there on a Sunday morning uh, singing Shout to the Lord and, and wait for the second coming. Because yeah. what you're telling me about Israel is not a salvation issue, Bryce. I, I, I believe in Jesus, so I'm going to heaven. It's not a salvation issue for you, but you aren't the point. You know, I've, I, let me ask, is heaven better than earth or is earth better than heaven? Well, I'm looking forward to heaven. Okay, so if God wanted the best for Bryce Turner, the moment you became a Christian, he would have killed you and you would have gone to heaven. So here's my next question. It's an interesting did, discussion. Did he kill you when you became a Christian? <laughs> not yet. So he's not leaving you here for your sake? No. And, and that's the thing. No. It's not a salvation issue for your sake. It's a salvation issue for somebody else's sake. That's right. We've and, got a job to do. Yeah. And, and we really need to know the scriptures in depth mm. to, be able to, to, to be able to get that across. And uh, instead of just sitting there Sunday morning going, you know, rapture. But therein lies the problem. How many Christians know their Bibles. How many Christians are able to pick it up and and discuss and debate and, and share and learn based on an in-depth knowledge of God's Word? And, and what really frustrates me, um, uh, my senior pastor during my, my first pastorate when I was a young fella, uh, challenged me. Um, if you're going to have an opinion, if you're going to get up and thump the pulpit and, 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 and put some weight to that opinion, you absolutely must be able to back it up. Yeah. If you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. And you know what? I've really come to appreciate that. I certainly didn't at the time, but yeah. I've really come to appreciate that. And that's part of the challenge. If people want to come and, and share an opinion that's different to mine, no problem. Let's sit down and have a chat. But please be able to back up where you got that opinion from and, if, and where that information can be found. If you disagree with me on a theological issue and you can show me from the Bible why you disagree with me, I'm happy with that and I'm happy to disagree with you. Absolutely. If you disagree with me basically because you disagree with what the Bible says from my, without coming up with your own argument from the mm. Bible... I don't have time for it's that. It's going to be a short coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, well, I don't think God, I don't feel God. I don't, you know, d- d- there's no place for think or feel in theology. But that's right. You've hit it right on the button. And, and I would contend, and again, like anybody in, in Christian ministry, I guess, um, I'm only sharing from the journey that God's led me on. This is not a case of having sat down and had an epiphany one day and all of a sudden had my theology 100%. You just had the Bible downloaded 100%. Unfortunately, yeah. haven't worked out how to do that yet. So so my my experience, my my interpretation of God's Word is based on my own journey and, and is based, well, to be honest, on a lot of mistakes and, and having to learn from them. Um, but nevertheless, that's the journey God's taken me on. Yep. But what I'm finding more and more, and I'm more and more convinced of and more challenged in my own life, is that where these problems seem to come from, is is a reversion right back to the beginning of time to that original sin of pride, of of believing that we know better than God, 
believing that my position is somehow more right and more proper and more correct than your position. Yep. And it's even further than that because as soon as my pride, as soon as my belief in my own self-importance becomes out of place, that immediately means that if you believe differently to me, I can't respect you. You're not as deserving. And that is simply based on pride. And, and to be honest, it's it's an arrogance. And it's something I am continuously challenged to, to work on, yep. uh, to keep humble, to keep open. But it's something I just see all around me um, in our society as a whole, to be honest. Uh, but in the church, yeah. amongst Christian brothers and sisters, again, who should know better? I was accused um, the other day of being arrogant in my position. Oh, I'm, I think I'm reasonably arrogant of, you know, Get to know me enough, you'll find out. Um, but because I disagreed with my friend's theology on a particular topic, mm-hmm. all right. So he's he's a disciple of a certain Bible teacher, and and he said he said, "Yeah, Rob, you, you, you're so arrogant. I mean, this guy's got double degree, this, that, and the other thing, and and you think well, Rob Holding in New Zealand knows better." I go, "No, no, no, no. You misunderstand me." You are following his line of teaching. I am following a different line of teaching from other double degree mm. theological professors. Mm. You know, it's it's not that that I'm disagreeing with it. It's that the teachers I listen. To, I mean, that's a biblical thing. The rabbis. That's why you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians and the, and the whatever. But as long as we can still sit down mm. and agree that whether it's Hokey pokey, orange chalk chip, or goody goody gumdrops, it's still ice cream. And still delicious. Yeah, it is. Hey, Bryce, thank you so much for your time. Um, the newspaper Israel and Christians Today. Yeah, so um, we're going to put a link there. That's a free newspaper? It is. You can sign up on our website. You can contact our office. Well, sign up uh, doesn't we'd, mean. We'd I love to send it to you. Uh, sign up doesn't mean I sign up for everything that you agree with. Nope. It just means sign up to get no, the newspaper. No, in fact, we're very blessed. Uh, quite a number of the Jewish community in New Zealand uh, have subscribed to the paper. Um, clearly, they don't agree with everything that we have, <laughs> but, but they like to see what we're up to, and, yep. and I guess they like to see that we support them. Uh, and so there's, there's uh, many tens of thousands of copies now that go out either in print or, or via the internet. Uh, the same core paper um, is used by other affiliates around the world, yeah. uh, English-speaking affiliates. Um, it's, it's a wonderful tool. And uh, if it's of value to anybody, they're very, very welcome. We'd love to send it to them. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.